report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 7 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 2 standing by. Red 11 standing by. Red 5 standing by. What's going on, everyone? You are listening to the All Wings Reporting Podcast. I am your co-host, Vinny. And today, joining me, a very special guest, filling in for my brother, Chris. It's Mike Forrester from Hondo Supply. Vinny, I'm glad we got to do this, man. It's about time. My dude, last minute, Chris had uh, two two, uh, Padawans at his house sick. And I picked up the, the comm and I said, hey, Mike. Uh, red alert, I need you to come in. Can you do this episode of the podcast with me? It's urgent. Hey, that's uh, sometimes sometimes that's the way it goes. I've got a kid as well. So when Chris explained that, he goes, I think the house is getting sick. I was like, oh, man, I know exactly. I know exactly what you're going through. So I'm happy to fill in for him. Um, and and uh, I think the show is great. I think your chemistry is awesome. Uh, I hope I'm not trying to fill any shoes for the time being, because <laughs> let me also say that your brother, when Luke Skywalker showed up at the end of season two, your brother had theorized that Luke was going to be in the show. And I specifically told either it was you or I think I told the All Wings Instagram, which I didn't realize was both of you running it. And I said, man, I, that's whack. I, I don't think that's possible. And the moment, because Chris, I think, watches it in the morning, too. <laughs> and I, I'm watching. So I wake up in the morning. I wake up, I watch the, the show at like 5 a.m. because I don't want to get spoiled. And it had just come out two hours before on the West Coast. So I wake up super early to watch it. Luke comes in, does the most amazing thing that we've seen in the past 10 years. And I check Instagram after I had watched it. And I had a message from your brother that was like, told you. I was like, oh, he went back into the archives to make sure that he knew that he was right. And I was like, man, I, I can't theorize. Your, bro- your brother is on it. So he was, um, he was like, Mike, Luke is here. Boom. Roasted. That's <laughs> he, gave the, he had the screenshot ready. He goes, I remember he's like, told you so. And literally he got I was me. Like, Damn. Yeah. He got <laughs> Just me. Putting the dog's face in the dog poop on the carpet yeah, right in the middle of the morning. That's right, man. He was he was great. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. We'll have some good conversation for sure. And uh, yeah, so next time we'll have to have I'll sit one out and then you and Chris can go back and forth and, and oh, there chop we go. it up. I just I'm already I'm already sweating in my boots thinking about that. And for everyone who uh, is not familiar, me and Mike met through our mutual friend Danny uh, through. I guess uh, the, the music business and the music scene, and yeah. Danny linked me with Mike, and Mike has a great company uh, that he that he runs himself, does all the art for uh, Hondo Supply on Instagram. Um, literally, like uh, any sort of um, identification badge you could want in the galaxy, from Republic, you know, Jedi to to Sith to Galactic Empire, he makes these awesome ID badges. He also got the custom dice that you make, man. Everything you do handmade by yourself such attention to detail and you're a massive star wars fan and what you're doing for the galaxy is awesome and i am so happy that we have crossed paths it's the greatest thing about star wars in this community is when you meet like-minded people and creative people like yourself and now we're doing this podcast we've never met we're kind of virtually meeting for the first time but we dm and we now we text we're friends and I consider you a close friend of mine, brother. So thank you for filling in, and thank you for all that you do for you know for the Star Wars galaxy, man. Like nothing but love. Yeah, this I I think really like this past year in in ways it sucked for so many people, um, but but what it did for the creator space and I think for for Star Wars fans because mind you we're also getting like Mandalorian re excitement for everything that also happened at you know twenty twenty will be infamous at this point, but I think of all the different people that. I've connected with through star Wars because we're obviously at like a total star Wars high right now. And you guys are, are on that group. So I, I I'm excited for it. And I'm excited that this is becoming normal, that it wasn't a project of, you know, for all of us to get these things going and say, Oh, I wonder if this will work. Oh man, we're, we're in it. We're, we're lifers now. So it's, it's exciting to be a part of this, this maker space for people who are finding either a second love of star Wars or it's been reignited for them. But you're absolutely right. This, a small community in many ways and it's a massive community in other ways but it's awesome to be able to connect with like-minded people so yeah i'm I'm excited to connect with you finally and and i'm happy to be on the show and we'll have to yeah let's get chris on at one two and we'll 
we'll go over it. Yeah, and also I think it's cool now you're on the Skyward Fund Supply Train. We talked about that off air. And it's For like sure. I was introduced to you. I introduced you to him kind of thing. So even like something small like that, it's like, hey, man, if you need X, Y, and Z, like check this out. Maybe you would have heard of them down the road. But right. for me, us to like bridge that gap and make more friends that way. And it's huge. Yeah, it's man. Huge. It's, it, what, it, it's what it's all about. And even in the sense of... I guess I, I, we had an outline here. We're jumping all over the place. But when I said, let's talk about like a big week, uh, I just got back from vacation. Chris is sick. Chris was on the hunt for some Black Series figs. Target exclusive, 50th anniversary, Clone Wars, Lucasfilm set. It was Anakin Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, uh, Echo, and Hawk, Hawk, I believe. Yeah. One of the you know, clone So pilots, those figures, yeah. those are exclusive to Target. And anytime I know you go to the store, hey, are you looking for this? I'm like, no, nah, no, thanks. But I, I don't know. You know, Chris is on the hunt for all these figs on the way. Nat's a pain. He's getting figs for this person, that person. I don't know if he got one for you or not in that hunt of his or maybe. Well, what's interesting is, you know, so I'm, I'm not like the biggest toy guy, but I definitely, you know, if there's a character or someone that I connect to, I I think the the Black Series are, are great. I, I have a couple hot toys. Uh, my wife probably won't listen to this podcast, but. We'll just say I have enough, uh, but but you know uh, it's yeah. So it's it's been cool because I know that you guys are kind of on that hunt, and and though the frustration of exclusives makes it you know difficult, um, you know we're we're also kind of like connecting different markets, and I think that that's interesting because I'm in Upper Michigan in the Upper Peninsula, and I only have one Target for however many miles right um we only have one target i think possibly in the whole up um and so if we if we get something that's it so it's cool to have other people that even people that are downstate michigan or even connecting with other guys like you over in new york you know it's like everyone's kind of looking out for each other and sometimes like we certain markets won't hit where i'm at but they'll hit really hard for you. And so like how I was able to scoop some of those Funkos on, I think it was the Emerald city stuff, whatever that I got for your right. brother. Um, you know, we, the people were kind of sleeping on those here. So it's like, I'm happy to, to be a part of this, you know, your, your, your bounty hunters. Uh, if you call us that right, the, uh, yep. the, you know, the, the finders, the treasurers, um, it's cool to have that, that community work in different markets because it's, yeah, we didn't at our target, we only got Anakin and echo. And then there were some places like when you sent me that picture, it was all Obi-Wan. So we haven't had Obi-Wan here yet. So it's very interesting and how the distribution's working, but it's cool to have other guys that are out there looking out for you saying, Hey, I've got this. Do you need this? Blah, blah, blah. And we know that obviously we're, we're not ripping each other off or doing insane markups or anything like that. So I love it. I think that's, that's a community side. That's a huge plus for me. Yeah. And it better falls into the hands of, um, you know, the, the good guys in the galaxy, the good girls in the galaxy, instead of uh, some of these uh, bozos who we've talked about in other episodes, right. like they get it, they go on eBay, put it in their store, put it on eBay, whatever. And it's like, oh, okay, this figure's now 80 bucks. And you're like, dude, it's like a $25 fig. Like, yeah. you know, you got there, <laughs> yeah. you know, you got there crack of dawn. Like, yeah. I mean, I respect the hunt, but I don't respect the markup. And that's yeah. a whole other conversation. So, um, you know, I appreciate you looking out for us with, with, the Emerald City Funko and, and the Black Series stuff. I know you got my back with that. I really appreciate it. Always, always. Yeah, let's, uh, you know, and, and I think if at this point, you know, I, I think, you know, retroactively, it's like I rewatch Star Wars and I kind of fall. Like right now I'm on a huge Rex kick. Like I'm like talking myself from not building a Rex as a costume and i'm basically just like in love with that character i've just like kind of reappreciated him and i'm super excited for him to show up in the bad batch which we saw in the trailer so i'm look i'm on the hunt for this figure right so now i'm kind of in this weird realm where it's like if i buy some of these newer figures that seem to be hard to get if i get lucky enough it's like do i trade for a rex to try and offset it so i know some people are playing that game too but all in all if you see somebody that shows up, I've been very happy with our target personally because they've limited its locked merchandise. You have to ask to get it, and then they're doing only one per customer, per style. I can respect it because I've also seen some of the other guys from downstate that are saying, I walked up to the shelf and watched some guy clear the shelf, put it all in his cart, and check out with, you know, 
15 echoes and it's like okay i i wonder where those will end up and yeah that kills it's me. really sad yeah and then we we've talked about this on the on the on the podcast too where the guy's like i passed four targets the manager said they'd hold them and it's like dude if you call the other four targets and they said no and this one said yes obviously there's an issue and they're not supposed to be doing that and you got played and you know they're not going to do it so and then the manager's not there that day but I'm beating a dead horse on that subject. I think when people know where I stand on yeah, on the stupidity yeah. of and what are you supposed that? to do? It's like in some ways, you know. I went up because I remember when one of the Boba Fets had dropped. I think it was Empire, and I, I always try to scoop a Boba because I know that Boba's a good trade bait for someone, or I just think Boba's an awesome character. Um, his design is iconic, right? And so I go up and and I say, "Well, this street date is four one or whatever," and this college kid that's there getting paid minimum wage is like okay (laughs) and i'm like listen i'm not gonna get mad at you because i'm a grown man yelling at you about an action figure so i guess let me just take a step back and go this is ridiculous keep doing what you're doing stay in school become a distribution manager one day and fix all this right that's all i can ask so you just you gotta laugh you gotta laugh or the guys like scanning like uh it, like an old peg warmer that's been there and he's taking that figure with it and just leaving the peg warmer at the cash right seen it a thousand times yeah 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 that's uh yeah t- yeah tricks of the trade i suppose yeah oh, we're letting the secrets out someone's like why don't i think of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's how you don't street date it there we go yeah. <laughs> always uh, report in adding to the adding to the scalping <laughs> yeah they're like wait no you guys talk a big game that's actually what you probably do do like, no we, i promise you we don't don't worry about it. Um, in big news uh, this week, Dave Filoni uh, announced, they, they, Star Wars announced, StarWars.com, Twitter announced, Twitter went nuts for this. Dave Filoni is now the executive creative director. Did I say that properly? Yeah. Did I give that yep. title? Did I, yep. He's he's the man. I don't want to you know uh, not give the, the title the proper name, but Dave Filoni is now the executive creative director at Lucasfilm, I believe. That's what it is for. Yep, and a role I believe he has already been in, and I think maybe it was just late to uh, StarWars.com or to being announced. Uh, if Dave Filoni is, I feel like he, he was George Lucas's right hand man during the the Clone Wars. These George Lucas's direct hire. So from before Disney took over to where we're at now, with two seasons of Mando, final season of Clone Wars, the Bad Batch, and other Star Wars projects, you have to know that. Dave is going to be somewhat involved in, in, in everything. And I, and I love that. And you have to know that in the back of your head. It do, don't read into it with, this is how Kathleen Kennedy's getting out. No, it's just Dave's the guy. Well, the, the funny part is that people who are kind of on the hater train, right? And we know these people. This is the, the toxic fandom that's often referenced when, we, when it comes to Star Wars, is that people have no idea really what these titles actually do right so this is the the real deal is that kathleen kathleen kennedy is the president of lucasfilm and the thing that people often forget is that lucasfilm is a lot of properties it's also in charge of ilm which is a vfx studio that works for tons of other companies along with just star wars and then they also run skywalker sound which does a ton of work in hollywood so right yeah if you just watch a lot of other movies that you like to go see sit there watch the credits you will see exactly what mike said in the credits you're like oh no way they uh they did the sound uh for captain marvel uh here yeah they did it's that's what he's referencing like they do other movies in the same wheelhouse or not like there's it's a big deal right and so she is the president that oversees all of that and she also oversees all properties that make money she also sits in you know finance meetings and she also sits in strategy meetings where disney sits there and grills them about how can we make an roi on this six billion dollar property so when people were going give dave filoni star wars or make him the president of the company you go no no no. if you want to kill the spirit of a creative genius that dave filoni is make him the president of a company make him sit through finance meetings to, to find out how they can sell more, you know, children's uh, t-shirts and merchandise lines in Walmart. 
like put him through that and see how excited he is about making Star Wars content. So he is exactly where he needs to be. And I think that he's actually been operating in this role for a while. Um, I think they just made it official on the website because there's two other creative directors. There's also John Knoll. John Knoll is in charge of ILM. He's actually one of the senior, I think he's the senior most visual effects supervisor and he's an executive creative director. When you see him on the Mandalorian, uh, it was called the Gallery, right? The the making of. He's one on of Disney the guys on Disney Plus. Yeah, yep. And so he's one of the guys who's sitting at the table, talking about all of the stuff that they did to to make that. So, and then you also have Doug Chang, of course, who is uh, probably just as maybe he's been with Lucasfilm since before the Phantom Menace. Uh, he's worked on prequels. He's been with Lucasfilm for forever. He is your big visionary. He's your big person. So I think Dave coming in was maybe a transition for someone like John or someone like Doug, who's been there for a while. So it's pretty, it's pretty awesome to see that, of course, that he's officially getting nominated in that role, but more so about looking at saying this wasn't maybe as big of a deal as people put it out as because he's kind of already been operating at this role for a while. So it's, it's cool to see regardless. And he's exactly where he needs to be. Uh, this is like another point and it's, it's so good to kind of, unfortunately, like to put the, the podcast this way and I, I know I have to pull Chris out of it and then put you in, you know, in his shoes or whatever you want to call it. But I don't know if we could have with the hammer on the nail as well as you just described that for people, like how you just said that for people, you're like, oh, well, I, I didn't really look at it that way. Like if there's anyone to worry about the storytelling, it's, it's for, that's for Dave. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that's right. going to be Dave's gig. And so many people like lose sight of that. And I don't know if me and Chris would have oversaw that or not thought of it the same way. But when you say it like that and you break it down, so it's so simple to think about like, oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. Like who else to kind of like tell these stories or, you know, think about, oh, let's use this planet or, or whatever. These little minor details. That's just where you want Dave to be. You exactly. know, that's, that's, that's going to be his role. And even... You know, just like the smallest little nods in the episodes, you have to be like, yeah, it's Dave. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's who's like worrying about that stuff. So we've been in good hands with him and it's just going to keep rolling. And I'm so excited to see like what else has to come. And we're going to get into this week's episode of The Bad Batch. But, you, you know, it, we're rolling towards something greater here with that story. And you're like, we're it's like full steam ahead already with this series. And like, I don't know how you can't love it or, you know, at this point, but it's like all nods to him. So I'm happy that Dave is where he's at with this, this, this company. You know what I mean? Like I'm thankful. Like I'm like, you know, Dave is the man. So good for him. Well, he's a fan and he's a fans, he's a fans fan, right? I mean, this is, you know, I think, I think if you look at the reality of where it is, Star Wars and especially their ownership, Disney is looking at someone like Marvel and they're going, we need to Star Wars is so goofy in the sense that Marvel has had this plan since Iron Man, right? This is Kevin Feige who's who's looking at the whole system and going, here's where the first 10 years are going to go. Here's where they could expand into all of that. Right. But Star Wars has been so goofy in terms of we got a movie here. We got series here. Lucas, you know, it's it's been a pretty back and forth, goofy kind of timeline. Also figuring out where the mediums work. Um, you know, Clone Wars got canceled. Clone Wars got got back. It's it's all yep. this goofy thing. So I think what that tells us by Disney officially or I'm sorry, by Lucasfilm officially saying, you know, Dave Filoni is cemented here. It's really showing that they're saying if John Favreau just gets into a role as an executive producer, they were still the properties are still in very good hands because now we have Dave as our overarching storyteller. This is our person who's crafting the universe similar to how Feige did it for Marvel because I think that was probably the argument for a lot of people with the tr- the sequel movies was that there wasn't a, a unified voice there wasn't a unified idea for the stories they were letting the directors do that so having someone like Dave Filoni who also was a supervisor on those movies but I think now that he has more control I think we're really going to start to see where he shines as far as being Lucas's protege as a storyteller Right, exactly. And that's going to mean a lot with, I mean, we, we already knew like where we went with Mando 1 and 2, what play Book of Boba Fett's going to have, you know, these other films that are due to come. And of course, 
the high republic. So it's yep. good to have someone like that to say like, okay, if we're going to lead up to this and if the acolyte is going to take place in the high republic era too, like how can we just get it a little closer to, to just tighten everything up a little bit? It's like we're in such great hands, man. So uh, nothing but love for the man Dave himself. 100%. And uh, other news, uh, Rangers of the New Republic, uh, I guess sad news, you know, um, you know, that's just been halted or it's been, uh, I guess, uh, Order 66 on uh, that project, you could say. They kind of just put a halt on everything uh, for that. It's nothing else is in the works. Uh, not sure if that's anything to do with Gina leaving the franchise or if they kind of have their hands full just with everything else that's going on to make sure that story for, you know, to add to Mando is already where it needs to be or, or what, but they've kind of halted everything on that. So I feel like we should just touch base on that and let people know like, Hey, yeah, that's, uh, no longer on the table, uh, for storytelling. Yeah. And I think it was a, you know, when I, that was probably one of the most surprising uh, series announcements that I heard when when they did the big you know uh, Disney showcase, and it's not to say that I'm not interested in it um, because the concept that that that's a very unexplored era that five years after Return of the Jedi the the Mando timeline um, it's it's really quite interesting and it's really unexplored my favorite era is where we're at with bad batch in terms of the fall of the republic the rise of the of the galactic empire but i had never really been i'd never really thought that much about leading up to the sequels because i just i guess i'd never i thought everything you know the return of the jedi ended on such a like nice note the galaxy is now restored it's fine luke skywalker is the greatest jedi of all time so i kind of thought everything was fine and then now Mando is kind of one of those, let's put it into reality, that if you have the largest force in the galaxy that falls, all kinds of things are goofed up. And it's made me really, really get interested in that. And especially with how they handled um, actors, uh, characters like Carson Teva and Trapper Wolf really kind of showed that, okay, there was, you know, would the would the new Republic make the same mistakes of the former Republic? So I was I was really interested in that, but then also just the fact that we'd be going heavy with the Ahsoka series also said in the same time. We were also saying Mandalorian season three is in the same time. Book of Boba Fett is in the same time. So he was kind of sitting there going, if people were halfway in on this on this era, there was a lot of content to try to bake in there. And so of course with Gina leaving, I think there was gonna have a lot of some people would assume that she was gonna be the the keystone to that whole thing i never really thought she was that great of an actor myself enough to lead a series personally but i loved what they were building up around the concept of saying we're gonna establish a new republic so i don't know necessarily if 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 the whole series is is order 66 but if it is i guess i'd say at this point i'm going yeah I guess I'm fine with it. Right. Right. I don't know how much um, depth because I don't know. Like, and obviously if they put it out, you know, I'd have been tuning in at five o'clock in the morning, texting you and all that stuff. And it would have gave me and it would have gave uh, Chris and myself and everybody else that's involved in this universe, you know, that does podcasting, whatever to talk about it. And we would have done episode breakdowns. I would have been all for it, but I just don't know how much, um, like depth or how much like it could have added to the story because it's like Mando season three, Ahsoka, we assume that that's getting us to Ezra and Thrawn. Like what would I really need to know from that series that would kind of get me to where I need to be? Would I love to see Mayfield again? Absolutely. Would I love it if Sabine Wren was one of the Rangers of the New Republic with Cara Dune? Absolutely. Right. But do I think it could still fit in somewhere you know still absolutely and we talked about this off air don't let that being canceled or shelved for the time being take away from all the other content we still have we still have the rogue squadron movie if i'm announcing it properly and or uh i feel like it's wrapping any day week month at this point right we want kenobi series so it's like maybe they saw this and said we have this story pretty much wrapped Will it be a great show and a great success? Sure. But 
Is it going to take away from Andor? Is it going to take away from Obi-Wan? And when are we going to put it all out? And is it going to take away? People are going to be like, well, wait a second. I'm lost. I'm a little confused. Where where does this take place in a timeline? And they're going to have to be strategic. I don't know. I'm assuming, I'm assuming Andor is coming out next. No, no. Or maybe Book of Boba Fett is next. And then Andor, it's going to be a lot of jumping around for people not the that are not up like they're just a casual star wars fans me and you will understand it right. we're going to be just fine right but if you're getting people into it they're going to be like well someone's going to text us or hey where do i watch this oh i watched rangers the new republic before mando season two is that bad yeah man it's pretty bad <laughs> right yeah i think i think really you know and, and i'm i'm just imagining what it's like to sit in the writer's room right now because you know you're almost now you have like luke skywalker has reestablished himself in the galaxy there are people now we have bo katan who was supposed to be the ruler of mandalore and then we have now din Djarin is the ruler of mandalore based on the dark saber possession there's so much storytelling that can be had and for me uh, a show about space cops, which is kind of what the Rangers of the New Republic are, are basically being right now, right? Um, it it kind of just, you know, I think they might have looked at that and said, okay, are we building a story? Are we building a series or a story, storylines because we need content versus being like, we've got the most powerful Jedi in the galaxy. We've got uh, essentially uh, almost like a galactic civil or civil war about to happen on a planet that formerly wasn't supposed to exist. But Bo Katan is telling Din, don't believe everything you see at this point. I'd rather know what's going on in Mandalore, which is likely what's going to happen with Mando season three. So Rangers of the new Republic, like I said, space cop show would be awesome because I'm down for any, any star Wars, of course, but it just seemed like, like I said, it, it seemed like the least powerful series in terms of looking at that overly impressive slate. Um, you know, Acolyte was above there, I think, just because it's an area we haven't explored. And I'm also a big fan of what's going on in the High Republic right now. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, uh, you and I, of course, Vinny, we would we'd be in at 5 a.m. We're, we're in. Don't even have to say it. Star Wars, we're it. But I think in terms of, of from a production standpoint of Lucasfilm going, yes, we're investing a ton of content over the next five to six, seven years. Maybe Rangers doesn't fit right now. Or maybe they were planning on saying, let's see how the next three series go. And maybe we could rewrite a couple of pieces to make Rangers work at a later date. So. I don't know. It's it's uh, to be a fly in Lucasfilm all the time would be the most interesting thing to me. So I don't know. Yeah, there's some people at that office that are just um, like like grinning from ear to ear, knowing like the story and whatever's taking place on the set of Andor. You know, For when sure. I saw uh, Ewan McGregor on Jimmy Kimmel, I'm just like he's smirking. He knows and how amazing you know these series are going to be, and you get a little bit of set photos from Andor. You're like, man, like. I didn't, it's like almost not like the series I didn't know I needed because I need to know about Obi-Wan, you know, um, pre A New Hope and everything. And it's, there's so much good storytelling that they announced. Like, don't forget about that, you know? So don't just get caught up in the bad. And there is a lot of things out there and you can find the popular page or clickbait or YouTube videos about people up in arms about it. But there is still so much to be um, hyped about. You, you know, just can't forget it. And there was a leak. Are we good with leaks on this show, I think? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead. Okay. Man. You, whoever your so, source is, you can say them, not yeah, say no, them. No, no, it was it was off the <laughs> one of the one of the subreddits. But what, what what's interesting is that that announcement came and then the, like a day or two after and I posted it on my story, there was a sticker that leaked from production that said Book of Boba Fett season 1. Oh boy. So, that makes you wonder if we're going to save Rangers of the New Republic because Book of Boba Fett, they either feel real confident about how it's going to perform, that they might just say whatever's timeline or, or, or stories we were going to have in this show, just work them into the Boba Fett season two, if that's what's happening. So it's very exciting time to speculate. It's you said it, Vinny. If it's Star Wars, we're in. But I could definitely see from a business standpoint that they're saying if Boba Fett hits, then it's Boba Fett and Boba Fett's back. Yeah, and they have to know that that's going to hit a home run just to even announce the first Star Wars end credit scene, you know, holidays 
2021. Right. You have to know that that story's been there for a while. So um, I, I can't wait, man. And it just gives us more content to uh, to talk about. And Same. Uh, Same. yeah, super excited. Um, the Bad Batch. You ready? You want to talk some Bad Batch? Episode four, Cornered Man. I'm loving it. Yeah. So episode four, um, Cornered. Uh, it takes us right away. Uh, the, the crew needs to... Um, Stock up on some supplies. Uh, they need some fuel, some rations, and they need to get to the planet of. They find themselves making their way to uh, Pantora, which we've seen before in the Clone Wars. Uh, Ahsoka has to make her way to Pantora, so it's not a new planet, but the crew's got to get down there um, due to the fuel they have and stock up and get some supplies. Hondo supply crew needs some supplies. <laughs> Perfect way to kind of get you on the podcast. Worked they needed, out that they way. needed some new IDs. I mean, this is all this is all happening. This is all working itself out very very well. <laughs> Uh, so the, the crew's down there and they kind of now need to see that their ship is 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 wanted or it's on like a register log, but uh, tech cannot scramble the code for the ship without landing. So crew makes their way down there uh, and they have to like make a little like a bargain deal with, I look like almost like a, uh, a Soliston that was maybe like running that like junkyard or, or that docking bay almost with the, with the like with a ring of hair, you know, I was like, oh, is that a Solston? I don't, I don't really know. But yeah. uh, the crew is kind of like getting their their uh, their way with like civilian life, as Wrecker would say, had to like, they had to pay him some credits to not run the ship's codes um, out because as he registered it, they, they wanted crew or ship would have been found where they were. So also like kind of neat right there. Yeah, I couldn't tell if he was a, a Solston or I couldn't tell if he was a... Uh, uh, he didn't he didn't have that defining look but it's also like clone wars also has their own kind of style to them yeah and so i couldn't i couldn't tell if he was uh the guy why am i drawing a blank uh empire strikes back uh the guys who put people into carbonite oh yeah yeah. uh we should we should know this i will we'll uh, fix this in editing uh but he also like spoke you know regular uh i don't want to say english but he spoke he spoke like an under like a a language without needing subtitles or just gibberish as nine nub would speak to lando and crew i was like oh okay well maybe it's not that yeah i think um uh who's quill quill is a you're gonna fix. You're gonna fix this in post. And Ugnot. He looked like yeah. an Ugnot to me. <laughs> we're gonna keep. We're uh, gonna keep this as raw as possible. Oh, this is horrible. Oh my gosh! Like people are gonna be like, "Dude, I gotta unfollow Hondo Supply," and and these guys <laughs> don't even know about this. But he kind of had that. You know, he had the jowls to him, and yes, I assume that's what he was doing. But um, what's interesting about uh, the 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 character that was Taron Killam. Or is it right. Killian from from SNL, which I thought was kind of funny. I love the people that randomly will show up in Star Wars like that, like even like Elijah Wood getting to do his voice acting and and, and all that. And it was, um, you know, I like little things like that. You know, uh, yeah. even like John Leguizamo getting to do like some voice acting for his right, character right. Mando. Little things like that like go a long way. And, and yeah. everyone's like, yeah, if I can be a part of the galaxy in any way, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at this point, I, at this point, I'll be a pit droid if you want me to mumble or. Or, or whatever if they, yeah, if they I'll be a battle droid at this point yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's we get a little um, the same guy that's in that docking bay uh, radios out to a familiar face comms to a familiar face that the um, has the ship that uh, she is looking for and it's a character that we're familiar with with um, Fennec Shan and which we've seen in the Mandalorian we also saw that Fennec uh, in the trailer of the Bad Batch, so we get to now quickly see Fennec, and Fennec is holding a hologram of uh, of Omega. So now you're saying, well, who's the hunted here? Like, is it the crew, especially, or is it just like Omega? Like, someone is looking for Omega. So, and in this series, I kind of in this episode, I felt this way that Omega was almost as you know they're looking for grogu in the mando they're looking for omega now in this series right a little similar here like there's a you know there's a bounty out for um for her and they're you know now omega is being hunted uh by a bounty hunter which is fennec shan who we've seen in the mandalorian which is the, the question then of course that everyone's kind of scratching their heads over is who put the bounty out right the, the thing that was interesting to me that that we look at in the theme of the Clone Wars was that obviously the Republic and especially in that episode where Obi-Wan goes undercover and he works with Cad Bane's crew and there's that whole thing. 
the Federation was by any means necessary. That was kind of their MO, right? They worked with everybody. As long as you weren't a fan of the Republic, we'll work with you. The Republic was not a fan of bounty hunters. They thought that they were, they did not conform to the Republic standards. So it's interesting to see that the Federation was crushed by quote unquote, the Republic, which then would become the Galactic Empire that's now possibly using bounty hunters again, and famously that we see them in Empire Strikes Back. So I thought that was kind of a cool note to say that, okay, if bounty hunters are back on the table, then yeah, truly the rebellion is is in trouble. Yeah. Uh, and that in, go ahead. No, go ahead, brother. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's fine. You're, you're, you're good. It, it is. And now we're saying, okay, so, and you see this episode and Fennec is, 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 is Fennec through and through in this entire episode. So it's like the person we saw in Mando and fell in love with and how uh, uh, badass she is. She is in her young prime, this equally as badass in in this episode. And I, I love to see it. So we get the crew's got to separate here. We have uh, Tech and Wrecker working on the ship. And now we have Echo, Hunter, and Omega kind of making their way into the city center to kind of trade some... Uh, some old weapons and stuff, get some uh, rations, crew needs some food, Wrecker, big guy, needs to bulk up. And he says, bring back something good to eat. And so now the crews again separate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Hunter makes his way to a little, you know, like trading outpost to, uh, you know, to, to kind of barter with something. And Echo is like in disguise in a, almost as like a droid. Yeah. And then like Hunter ends up bartering with, uh, you know, with the, the dealer at that place and ends up selling Echo and, you know, and like disguise as a, as a droid to this guy for credits for, you know, for 3000 credits. And uh, I thought that was I thought that was you, you like knew he's like learning the ways of you know, like being a civilian or being like corrupt, like of what the times is. He's learning with the times like, hey, I got to kind of you know, survive at all means necessary here. So let me sell him, quote unquote, sell him to this guy for some money and I'll be back later. Would you remember that Lando did the same thing to Harris Sindola in Rebels? Yep. So I thought that was really funny because, you know, you have this like, you know, Lando's like, I got this plan. Come on with me, Hera. And then sells Hera without her knowing it and says just trust the plan and that was that was super funny because I'm like oh here's this you know this is a this is a move that's clearly worked before although in the show it's happening about five to six seven years later uh, so I thought that was that was pretty awesome um, yeah and I and I think another point to notice of course the big thing is when it kind of all goes down Wrecker gets handled by Fennec Shad. Like she, yep. she flies by him, basically knocks him out, hits his head again, of course, which is a big point after complaining about having headaches. I think his inhibitor chip is starting to act up. We know that the inhibitor chips have not been removed from any of them yet. Uh, so I think that we're probably going to start seeing that, you know, uncontrollable monster Hulk from him, but more so in that he's not record loves to go out and bash things and blow things up and be himself, right? Fennec is a human, not a droid. And that's all they've been fighting for the past however long they've been alive. So it goes to show that like Wrecker has a lot to learn as a combatant too in this new life. So there's a lot of kind of like rebirth themes here. A lot of them getting used to really not just being extensions of clones anymore them figuring out their own way in the galaxy so that's a great point on your end too and in this in this episode um fennec and hunter uh kind of uh omega gets separated from hunter and now fennec like i said was on the hunt for omega and there's like a little like city you know battle scene where hunter and fennec get into it Fennec kind of captures Omega. Omega's on the run. And you said that that fighting scene. So Hunter's trying to get Omega back from this bounty hunter. Knows that, hey, this is... At the end of the episode, they say, like, hey, like, that's a bounty hunter. We kind of need to find out, like, who hired her. And he kind of sees, like, okay, like, the plot is thickening. He's kind of, like, seeing, like, his time is narrowing. He needs to... You know, they need to, like, tighten it up as a crew. They're on the run. 
you know, now the ship's got to get repaired and it's it, Hunter's learning. Like he said, in the BA episode, like, Hey, the, 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 everything is changing so fast, you know, like they're really like on the run here. So it's, it's it, people may have said this episode was a filler, but I thought that, Hey man, no, it really like emphasized like where they're at, like as a crew and as a whole, where the story is like, no nah, man, like it's, it's going to move quick, you know, every episode. Yeah. And, and Fennec, Fennec being, there was a reason they used Fennec and not any of the other bounty hunters that we've already seen. Right. So you still have Dengar, you still have Bosk, you still have a lot of these characters that are still out there that if there wasn't a reason to not use Fennec Shad, she's not the first bounty hunter that comes to mind, especially for something like fan service, right? We, you're talking your classic bounty hunters are the bounty hunters that were established that kicked off the Mandalorian were Forlom, Zuckus, IG-88, and Boba Fett, right? That was, they're standing on the bridge being taught, bring me back Han Solo, blah, blah, blah. That's who we think of when we think of bounty hunters in Star Wars. And so for a lot of people who haven't seen the animated stuff, they're completely unaware of, you know, other other bounty hunters that we've, you know, Harko Rydeen and all these other characters that we've learned about in the Clone Wars. But more so, it 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 establishes that Fennec is going to play a bigger role. And personally, knowing Filoni, I think we're going to see Boba Fett in this episode, in this series, as a younger version of himself, of course. But last time we saw Boba Fett, he was still a kid-ish. He was like a teenager. And so... I think we're going to see him a little bit more hardened at this point. And mind you, maybe even put on the Django armor because we know at some point it goes from Django blue to Boba green. And that could be a big part of when we first see him in Empire Strikes Back. That's that's a theory that I think sounds like Filoni doing Filoni things. Chris, you heard it here first. We're going to see Boba Fett. Uh, in the Bad Batch, Chris, sign, seal, deliver. Mike called it. Here we go. And I can't wait for it. Chris is texting me as soon as he hears this. I know it. And he's like, he's wrong. He's right. He's wrong. He's right. Uh, or the score is going to be even one to one. There we go. Yeah. 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 That, that could work, right? And then, then it'll just be a cage match for the next eight years. And then we also, and what you said, you think we're going to see Boba Fett. And I, this, and everything I said, I said, earlier episodes we recorded i said are we going to see familiar faces we have so far every episode seen characters that we can lean on in this series that we're familiar with we saw it in you know episodes one two three and four it was all familiar faces will we get that showdown that we never fully got to see which was cad bane versus boba fett how he got the dent so if we're going to see boba fett which we saw in the clone wars in that unfinished episode, lost episode, whichever it was, right. we saw a final showdown between Cad Bane and, and Boba Fett. So, you know, it, it is very possible that we get that story finally, you know, in, you know, in released animated form. Well, we know that we know that obviously at some point when Vader calls and four bounty hunters show up, they had to have clearly been efficient enough to get onto that Star Destroyer with Darth Vader, the biggest badass in the galaxy, right? So we have to, at this point, there is a lot of lore that still has not been filled in for Boba Fett because we know him as the terrifying, fearsome Boba Fett that Han Solo freaks out about even after he comes out of uh, hypersleep in the, the Carbonite. Clearly... His and I'm sure I and I know that there's comics and I know all that stuff, but in the show, we last time we saw Boba and the most of the times that we see Boba is he's still very much in, uh, a teenager and adolescent. He hasn't found himself yet. So knowing how much the storytellers and, and the writers of the show love Boba Fett as a character enough, especially to bring him back from the dead, right? I think we're going to see his development more. I think we're going to see development between him and Fennec because we last time we saw Boba Fett was him and Fennec in Jabba's palace. So I think we're going to see more of that for them to kind of lead up to say after the Bad Batch is over, take all this and get excited again in December when Book of Boba Fett drops. I just think that makes sense logically from a from a business standpoint. So I'm here for it. I'm super excited about it because 
I think Boba is an awesome character, but more so it makes sense logically. I'm happy to be proven wrong because everything that I've been proven wrong about has been awesome as well. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll totally see. Now, I'm not sure in uh, The Mandalorian if this is the proper wording or not, but when Boba pulls up on his uh, you know, that little hologram, like his chain codes, is that does he say chain codes there? Yeah, that that was that was a big thing. So, chain code, and we can we could refer to this, in in my opinion, as you know, chain code is a is a thing as old as time, right? So the they also refer to it when Din holds up the chain code in episode one or two, that little white card that basically clears out when the little eyeball comes out like the old Jabba's palace one, and it basically asks for his chain code so that he has access. So chain codes, I think more so could be just referred to as Star Wars's version of a security, a security clearance. We see that the Galactic Empire has them, the dosimeters, uh, which is actually what those are. If you want a little uh, if you want a little tidbit on the other podcasts I have called Armor Party, where we dive into costumes and Star Wars, those little code cylinders that the uh, Imperial officers wear are in universe chain codes because we saw din put one into the computer and twist it to get access to the files in the in the bill burr mayfeld episode in real life those are actually dosimeters that test the air for radiation to make sure that you're in a safe spot right the knowledge has been dropped love this episode mike (laughs) so i think it's gonna be the, the crew now uh, thanks to tech and wrecker, they get to scramble the, you know, their their code, their ship's clearance codes. Now they're on the run. They want to say we that was a bounty hunter. Hunter says it's a bounty hunter. The crew's back together. They know they're being hunted, but by who? And the crew is now on their way to the next to, to the next hiding spot. You know, to we're gonna find the, to the next people that can help them out or where they can lay low. You know, I don't know if. Who's looking for Omega? That's what we're trying to find out. But right. is are the Kaminoans or Kamonians, are they trying to build some sort of army to defend themselves now that they're like we're not using clones anymore? Are they looking for her to like build a new army to help protect their planet and their city? I, I, I'm not too sure, but um, I, I know that we're going to go find there's going to be another character that's coming to help them we're going to see some more familiar faces in the episode to come and i'm really looking forward to it right and the thing is that tarkin knows tarkin knows that that the bad batch is now on the run but what tarkin doesn't know is that omega was the fifth member it wasn't it wasn't tech because i'm sorry it wasn't echo echo was considered a reg that basically got transformed so tarkin didn't know that so it wouldn't make sense for tarkin to send out a bounty on omega because he doesn't know her importance yet as far as he knows she was a medical assistant for lama Sue. so it's it's kind of leaning towards the fact that it's probably the Kaminoans the that put out the bounty on it just to see what she would do. But there are, of course, the theories of what Omega actually does. And we know that the Kaminoans intentionally let her go. And whether that's for her to go and learn from the Bad Batch to see how, what they do and how they survive and her mirroring abilities. Um, I, I think it's safe to say at this point that it wasn't the new Galactic Empire that put out the bounty on Omega. And it was important that they showed Omega and not Hunter or Wrecker or any of them. They're still trying to figure out how to get through these checkpoints because they have a face that looks like all the other clone troopers at this point. So that was important, too. I think that's that's something that we'll definitely see developed. Did you also see when Star Wars accidentally posted the wrong recap like two weeks ago on their Instagram? I did not. (laughs) You know, when they do the the recap episode that basically is like now streaming and they show it like midday on Friday or midday on Saturday to get you to rewatch it. So they did. They posted episode two or episode three now streaming. Oh, no. And in that in the teaser sizzle reel, it showed Fennec and it showed a lot of this clips that we saw from the last episode. Oh, Lord. 
and they did that like two weeks ago and they didn't take it down either which was interesting and there was a they're at a but the the scene of where record goes oh we're getting good at this civilian thing that was from they they leaked that two weeks ago unintentionally so there were still more clips in that scene that i thought we were going to see in this episode that i'm assuming maybe is in the next episode which has a trend trandoshan looks like a trandoshan female that's putting them on a job so I have no idea what's going to happen. Definitely interesting. I don't think we're at the Rex episode yet, but I know that that's coming. I'm super excited I for that. I think that's the last familiar face. Um, uh, there's a lot of stuff that we've still like haven't seen from the trailer, but I know we right. do have a good chunk of the trailer that we've now seen uh, in full episode. Um, a couple cool things I saw I loved in the episode. Kink. That little R2 droid with the arms and Clink. legs. Oh, it's Clink. Yeah. Clink was, uh, <laughs> I wish they, they they brought Clink on the crew. I wish right. Clink was just a little, was hanging in the, in the you know, in some sort of bay and was kind of working with the crew to fix the ship. Yeah. Uh, Clink was awesome. I, I, was, I thought that was one of the best droids I ever saw. That was great. And in the city where, you know, there's a little fight scene between Fennec and Hunter, we had a little Kenner nod there as well. Uh, the guy that was like driving the like the last ship was it looked uh, was it like a Ponda Baba lookalike uh, in that yeah. ship? Yeah, the Aqualish is their the Aqualish is their their species, um, and yeah, Ponda Baba, of course, the 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 famous one in the Cantina of a New Hope, right? Um, and I thought that, and, it, and it felt the whole thing, and I don't know if you felt this way too, Vinny, but like. It felt very Zam Wessel episode mm-hmm. two attack the clones, Coruscant, right. high flight, you know, jumping on on ships that were passing by underneath. It felt very Clone Warsy in in that own cool way. Yeah, it, it, the same, like you said, the attack of the clone scene when he's jumping from ship to ship. Uh, the police sirens reminded me of the same police sirens from Canto Bite that right. that escape scene. Yeah. Um, I was like, wow, there it. it had the same city feel and like i said we've been to that planet before and other clone wars episodes but it was it had the same feel of that 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 chase scene i mean that episode was 25 27 minutes long packed a punch and yep. it, it got the message across and again the crew's on the run and i we're still so much more to go i can't remember how many episodes they said it was 16 episodes this season I think so around there. And the other thing to note too is look at it from from this way of when we watched the Mandalorian trailer for the first time, right? We had only seen the first two or three episodes right. in the trailer. Right. Kevin Kiner, who's one of the... I th- I, they do all the soundtrack. They've worked on the past two episodes or t- past two seasons of... Clone Wars, I believe, but they were the ones that scored that beautiful, haunting, electronic soundscape when Ahsoka is burying all the clones. Right. So different than Star Wars, but like incredible, right? Yep. He tweeted not that long ago, I think within the past week, and said, Is it acceptable to be crying while you're composing? Because that's how amazing this finale is. He's still working on the Bad Batch. They're still working on the Bad Batch, right? Right. So this every week format is important because I think that what we saw is like come next week, we might have rendered clips of whatever, but there's we are very quickly approaching. We have seen nothing after we after we go off that cliff of like what they intentionally put in the trailer. We're blind after that, so I'm right. There super was so much footage we hadn't seen. You're right, and you're like, yeah, you're. It was like so minimal. And I remember when we did when when Chris and I did the Mandalorian breakdowns. We're like, that's all the footage. So we're not even halfway <laughs> right. through. We're not even halfway through season one of this show. So you're kind of like, you know, I know there's a good chunk of the trail that we saw, but we're not even halfway through the season yet. So it's one of those things with, hey, if we give any more footage. Some people are going to connect the dots a little bit, so it's we're at a good spot, you know. And, yeah, I and agree. I I don't want it. I don't want. I think this show is from what I've seen so far, and I don't know the whole plot here, where it's going, and there's we still need to see what, what Crosshair's up to, and and Tarkin. I do think we still see Vader at some point, 
but we, we're not even, like I said, halfway through. So there's still so much. And of course, got to see Captain Rex like we saw in that trailer. Yeah, which I'm excited. And, 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 you know, and it's fun to speculate. I think that's the other fun part because, you know, Mandalorian trailer came out. Everyone was like, was that Ilum? It's an ice planet. Oh, my gosh. Right. Ended up really not being that important of a planet other than, you know, showing us the, the Kreekna, the ice spiders. Um, and then and for this one, it's like it looked like it was on Braca. It, it was an imperial shipyard that looks like a bunch of crashed Republic ships. I'm like. That's pretty cool. So I don't know if they're going to make that tie in. I don't know if we might see more of um, the the video game stuff maybe starting to make its way into the Star Wars live action or live verse current verse whatever. Um, but obviously we're getting there too. We're getting to the Fallen Order timeline too. So um, I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for all of it. And it, this this show has been really fun because it still has that topicalness of being like this past episode was just a fun episode to watch. Right. And it, and it's okay to have those, those sugared episodes because not everything, every episode has to be a revelation. Right. Right. I think that's important. And I think if you look for the details of what they did with this episode, it wasn't a filler. There was plenty of, of sure. The, the, the main plot didn't move three weeks ahead, but in terms of, rounding out where the universe is currently at and rounding out these characters it did exactly what it needed to do right and even when hunter said that one line in the episode he's like hey things are changing faster than i thought they would have right. you know so like i said i think some star wars fans i've i've done it too i've learned to kind of dial it back a little bit when you ex when you expect the moon and you only get like a meteor, you know, or whatever. It's like when you expect too much of Star Wars and you're not just along for the ride, get your hopes up, you expect X, Y, and Z, and you don't get it. It's like you just need to be present with what's right. going on. And there is, like I said, we're not even halfway there yet. Let's enjoy the ride. I'm really enjoying the Bad Batch. And like I said, we haven't, and this is, you know, we haven't had Star Wars since, you know, like Mando. It's like, it's, it's definitely feeding that itch. And I, there's so many people that sleep on the animated stuff. There's people who slept on Rebels. So much good storytelling there. There's so much good story, storytelling in the Clone Wars that help the Mandalorian. That I'm like, you guys, like those scenes meant so much more to me seeing it happen through the Clone Wars, seeing it through Rebels. And people now are like, oh, okay. Like it's, it's, it's. It's it packs more of a punch when you when you have all of it. So I think I hope people are along for the ride and just don't shrug their shoulders at it. And that's why we're here to kind of like, you know, hype it up, push it. I mean, we're, we're along for the ride and just like just like you, man, we're, we're so thankful for any Star Wars content at this point. Well, and I think, too, what's interesting, I've talked to a couple other friends about this. Bad Batch is actually a pretty self starter, right? right? You don't have to have, you know, if you were to start. Clone Wars episode or season five, you'd be like, what the hell is going on here? Just like any episodic series, right? Right. But the the charm of The Mandalorian was that you really didn't have to know the entire train of lore to really just dive into it. That was kind of the allure for a lot of people that it brought people in because it was a completely new set of characters. And for the Bad Batch being that they had that little tiny arc in in series uh, season seven if you were watching this show as a kid you would have four really interesting characters that were really fun that had a great dynamic add omega into it it might not have the oomph of knowing all the backstory but it's still an entertaining series as a self-standing series right and i feel that way with people who I had friends who weren't really huge Star Wars fans that watched The Mandalorian. They go, whoa, that Bo-Katan, she's really cool. And I'm sitting there going, if you enjoyed that, awesome. Because she, you didn't need to know her crazy backstory right. from the Death Watch days. You could just say, yeah, she's this badass Mandalorian that came in and saved Din's ass out of this giant pit, this you know giant tank. So they're doing a great job with getting new fans still getting right, Chris people says on that, board. Yeah. Chris is like you people forget like Chris's first watch of Star Wars your first watch of Star Wars I believe is 456 so many people were like 
hey, they got into a Cartoon Network, Clone Wars. So yeah, they're doing a great job at, they, they're not like, hey, we have our fans and that's it. The, the, every it's you know people's kids kids are getting to star wars for the first time like they're 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 pulling it in and star wars is here to stay and right. they're gonna have to keep getting new fans you know as as time goes on so they're doing a good job at it yeah for sure and 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 it's also you know i think that that's important for the for the series for the brand is to occasionally remind themselves that you can jump in at any point and learn as much as you want to learn, but still have great storytelling. And that's what people are going to connect with because oftentimes storytelling is held up by lore. Uh, It's held up by a dedicated fan base that will just smooth out any problems with it or anything like that. So I think, I think star Wars is in a great spot right now. And bad batch is just another example of, even if we focus on a very, very, very tiny piece of Star Wars universe, if the storytelling is good, people are going to connect to it. So I'm on board. Thanks to that. Uh, I think there's a good point right here to do a little plug. Um, we are running a contest with our good close friend Skyward Fun Supply. If you listen to this whole episode, you might have been waiting for a code word. Uh, that code word is PLO COOL. It's P-L-O-K-O-O-L. And that contest we're running with Skyward Fun Supply is like a Clone Wars Bad Bash themed giveaway. It's got vintage collection figs, Funko, Black Series figs. The code word is PLO COOL. All you have to do is direct message us that code word. You will be entered in to win the Clone Wars prize pack courtesy of Skyward Font Supply. Make sure you're following Skyward Font Supply on Instagram. All wings report in on Instagram and we're going to do the drawing uh, at the end of the month. So listen to any episode released the month of May. Code word is, code word is PLO COOL. Direct message us and you'll be entered in to win. Uh, Mike, this has been an awesome, awesome episode of the All Wings Reporting Podcast. You need to check out Hondo Supply. Mike also is a active member of the 501st Legion. He has a podcast of his own. It's uh, released every other week. And it's uh, your podcast is uh, Armor Party, I believe. Yep, that's yep. it. Yeah, so Armor Party is... So yeah, I'm a, I'm a costume member. Um, I'm one of the the crazy guys that builds the movie accurate specs uh and and does conventions and we do stuff with celebration we do stuff with lucasfilm and it's a great community to be a part of and there's so much cool little details that go into like i was saying about the dosimeters for the officers and there's so much great i i legend and information about how star wars created the most iconic looks silhouettes bad guys of all time and i wanted to kind of dive in a little bit more into people who were costuming and i wanted to learn a little bit more about what went into the costumes and really encourage people to be less adult-like and be more of the super fan that they want to be um it takes your fandom to a whole another level and i wanted to share some of the stories of the people that i've met within this this fandom so armor party is exactly that it's a conversation talking about how people got started tips and tricks about how to make your own costume and eventually i hope to learn more about these specific costumes through some of the people who actually created them for the shows and the movies so armor party every other tuesday uh we're 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 excited to be developing it. It's this is a lot of work, man. You know, yeah, this is a it, lot of work. It does, it, and there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And like I said, what you do with Honda Supply, what you sure. do with Armor Party, and what you're now contributing to the galaxy and the 501st. Everyone, I, if you don't know, you need to look into it. I know you've recruit you've you've been recruiting me now for some time <laughs> yeah. to build a kit. You're like, dude, you got to build a kit. I actually connected with somebody like 45, 50 minutes north of me, and you know, through your friend, he's like, dude, if you come over, I will do this with you step sure. by step. And it's just like making that leap. But it's like, hey man, this is something you really care about. This yeah. is you know, you, I love Star Wars. It's it is my hobby. It's my favorite hobby, and it's like there's a whole other set like there's another tier of fandom in that yeah. community and i know all the good stuff that they do for charity and for kids yeah. it's, yeah. it's such a beautiful community man and everybody yeah. that i've talked to that's been involved 
is nothing but like the nicest fans. It's the fans you want to surround yourself with. That's the best part. You right. know, there's none of that other BS that you may find in other communities, but they're like the sure. best people in the Star Wars galaxy. So I love that you're a member uh, <laughs> a few times, right? You got a few kits, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I've got a, uh, currently a Sand Trooper, and uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to rebuild the costumes from the original trilogy movies. So Sand Trooper that I'm... Uh, that eventually I'm, I'm building a stormtrooper, a standard clean stormtrooper, and I've got a snowtrooper from Empire Strikes Back, which is very fitting for being in Upper Michigan, of course. And then, uh, and I've got a scout trooper. Scout trooper was my favorite growing up as a kid and playing with the speeder bikes, power of the force speeder bikes, running around the woods of Michigan, acting like I was on Endor. So I wanted that was the first suit I ever built, um, and it's it's one of my favorites because it has that nostalgia, and and it's they're all built in nostalgia, right? They're all a character you connected with or whatever is in your head that you go, man, I can actually bring star Wars to life for someone. And that's just a connective tissue you find with a lot of people who are into this hobby. So yeah, that's part of what we want to do on armor parties. Just normalize that normalize saying you could go to Vegas and spend three grand at the craps table and come home with nothing. Or you could spend a couple hundred bucks building a badass star Wars costume and be set at Halloween for life. Yeah, if that didn't sell me on building a kit, I don't know. I don't know what is. I'm an awful craps player, so I think it's. I think your your point's gotten across. That is a safe bet. You will always love your armor, <laughs> Mike. It's 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 uh, it's Hondo Supply uh, for your Instagram for all, for all your needs, and then it's Armor Party for the podcast. I'm so thankful. Last minute, you could jump on and fill in for Chris. You're the man, dude. You're such a legend in this Star Wars galaxy, man. I'm so thankful that we have crossed paths and met. Thank you for doing this episode of the podcast with me. I hope we can do this again, uh, just not last minute. <laughs> well, when Chris when Chris is on, I can't wait to to. Th- I mean, whatever happens with Star Wars, you know, I can always rely on your guys's podcast to be great to talk about it. And you know, your conversation with your your brother, it, it feels like you know you're in the room with you guys, which I think is great. Um, and and who knows, once this this thing wraps, uh, you know, celebration tickets are dropping. I hope you guys both are able to sneak away and get those tickets so we can go have a drink at Oga's Cantina and talk about what an epic time we're having. So, Vinny, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate you. And, and we'll be uh, we'll be nerding out together soon, I'm sure. Thanks, Mike, man. I appreciate you, dude. Be good. Be safe. All right. We'll talk to you.